first thing I would ask is, do you want to be outdoors or do you want to be in the outdoor industry? Because getting in the outdoor industry, I mean, they're mutually exclusive. The amount of people that were messaging me was very clear that, you know, they wanted us to just, you know what I mean, like not censor everything. The thing that's good to do is when you get back, draw a line on the floor and everything on the right is what you didn't use. Everything on the left is what you did. And then you kind of figure out what you could maybe buy to combine some things. And then that'll usually drop 10, 15 pounds off pretty quickly. People get unrealistic expectations from watching hunting TV and stuff like that. Like Aaron and I, we're like the least freaking trophy hunter or trophy minded type of guys who like to kill stuff. Not to Donnie Vincent this, but be relentless in everything you do. Like don't, you know, hike in a mile, crap out, go back to the truck with excuses or whatever else. Like get in there and have a good time. If at the very least it'll be a hiking trip with a bow in your hand and your left arm will be stronger. This is Aaron Snyder. This is Frank Peralta. <laughs> and thanks for tuning in to Living Country in the City. Bam chicken That'll work. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Hey, y'all, welcome to episode 72 of Living Country in the City. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, so getting on to today's episode, I have a rather unique one for y'all. You know, hide your kids, hide your wife. I have Aaron Snyder and Frank Peralta on the podcast today. I stopped by the Kafaru headquarters in Colorado and gave those two guys a visit. And we got a chance to sit down and have quite the discussion. I'm going to warn you all that uh, this one will not have the bleeps. You know, you just get to a certain point and you just kind of got to give up on the censoring. So... If you got sensitive ears, you may want to skip this episode, but otherwise, hope you all enjoy it. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Living Country in the City. You know, we are, we're sitting here in my living room. Uh, <laughs> like a liar. <laughs> Such lies and deceit already <laughs> 30 seconds in. Uh, <laughs> 
I am hanging out here in what what city is this technically? Wheat Ridge. In Wheat Ridge, Colorado with uh Aaron Snyder and Frank the Tank Peralta. Um who I was just telling earlier I thought was a lawyer for the longest time. Um <laughs> I've heard that before. It's a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> well then I listened to you on the podcast, I'm like, that dude can't Yo, this be a motherfucker lawyer. Ain't no lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, before we get going. Is yours explicit, or do we have to watch our language? You don't have to watch your language, but uh, I have a. Uh, it doesn't Frank, bother me either way. Titty sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Cock nose. Yeah. <laughs> we watch South Park a little too much. Probably. Oh. Well, not maybe. We 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 it's probably just... watch South Park Tourette's every morning just to start the day off right. Oh, uh, there you have go. you seen that? The Tourette's episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that episode. I mean, I know I have. I've watched all of them, but uh. yeah, we just we just watched the clip of the, from the Tourette's where it just plays all the all the curse words. <laughs> so it's like two just, two and well, a half minutes of curse words. Oh, so that's he's right. Like, he's he like, admits like weird my, secrets, right? My cousin and I touched we 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 winter is a cold time of year. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. And he's like, I'm secretly in love with Patty Nelson. I've seen it too much, obviously. I've got to memorize it. He started getting Tourette's. Yeah, so then he died. <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> so uh, we're here to talk about pack mules with uh, with Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Packing coffee pack into the backcountry. I know, right? I've been the pack mule a few times. but Yeah, I've called Frank. Like, can you please come help? It's like, what do you always say? What is that from Miss Doubtfire? Help is on the way, dear. Yeah. <laughs> help is on the way, dearie. Yeah. It was a run by fruiting. Or he'll answer... Hello, Clarice. <laughs> I ate her liver with some fava beans and a nice candy. Good Lord, I forgot about that movie. That yeah. was a creepy movie. Yeah, it was a creepy movie. I was, I was, I was. Well, I say I was young. Frank, you probably weren't even born yet. When that thing come out, you were like five. No, <laughs> probably um, like ten. <laughs> Definitely not old enough uh, to be watching it. Yeah, no kidding. Let's go, let's Google that. We Google a lot while it's Silence of the Lambs. 1991. 91 is when that one came out? So you were five. I was three. Three. There you go. <laughs> Probably like ten. I was going to say, yeah, I think I was, what, nine? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Something like that. I was going to say because in 91, I was only 16 or whatever, something like that. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty young. <laughs> I remember watching it like with that guy. Well, the the best thing is you watch it when you're a kid. And, uh, you know, he's in the hole or whatever. Then you watch Joe Dirt, you know, fast forward 15 <laughs> years. I got it. I got it. Where's my magazine? So you kind of add, add light to it. So you're scared crap. You know, I can't say the S-H-I-T word. So I was scared crapless as a kid. <laughs> and then I watched Joe Dirt later on and make jokes yeah, about God, it. It all makes sense now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, so man. where all have you been through? Uh, coming, coming. I, I saw you stopped. um in uh, the homeland and on the way out and uh, where else? Yeah, so I, well, I started – originally this trip was I was I was looking at – you know, I, just, I told you guys earlier. I spent a month out in the desert for work uh, for festival season and uh, I was just like, I, you know, I can't just go back to my little 450-square-foot apartment and back <laughs> to the office and just doing the same kind of crap every day. I'm like, I need to get out. Just do something. And so I was like, you know, I wanted to come – see Kafaro and uh, see you guys and talk to a few folks out here. And I was looking at plane tickets and uh, and I was, I was just looking where everyone's kind of spread out. And I'm like, well, I could fly into Denver, but I'm still going to want to rent a car. And so I'm looking at car rental prices and plane ticket prices. I'm like, well, if I'm going to rent a car, I might as well just drive out, save right. a little money. I'm like, well, if I drive out, I can 
stop here. And then suddenly it goes from a quick weekend trip to Colorado to uh, a cross, three-week cross-country cross country road trip. <laughs> yeah. So what do, you, what do you do for work? Even though you're supposed to be interviewing us, I'm curious. Because we've talked before, but more just like whatever in passing order. We, like when we met on Utah or whatever. So. Yeah. Um, I, I am a web and mobile project manager. Uh, right now I work for a music promoter. So I, uh, I, I manage all the websites and mobile apps for uh, probably 14, somewhere between 14 and 20 music festivals, festivals depending on the year. Father mucker. That sounds <laughs> like busy. It's, it definitely keeps me busy. Um, and one of the funny things is, you know, all of, all of the people that work for this company are – you know, as passionate as all of us are about hunting, that's how they are about live music. And so when I would like want to take vacation or time off, it's a, it's kind of a weird thing to them because when a lot of these people when they take their vacations and time off, they go to other music festivals. It's, <laughs> that's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I I mostly manage projects. I work with like outside design agencies for some of our bigger festivals, um, and then some of the smaller ones. I'll just sit down and and do whole things, soup to nuts, design and build myself. So. You said nuts. <laughs> Frank, where were you on that one? Yeah. <laughs> you totally missed that. You were way out. Yeah. Now. Oh, oh Lord. Uh, that same that same beep that everyone absolutely every podcast has. Uh, what did uh, what did Nate have, use that one time? We don't we don't use the beep. Um, he used some sort of voiceover is pretty, pretty funny. funny actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It uh, it's it's it, I say funny. So, you know, it's being on gritty, right? Like that's, you know that's edited out or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the one like, you know, and Brian and I never argued about it. He just, it was his podcast and whatever, whatever. He wanted it edited and I didn't, when it doesn't matter to me, but you know, I'm getting all these emails of dude, let it rip tater chip like this. It's, <laughs> I, he can't say butthole, right. Or whatever. Right. Like, cause it was beeped Did out. They, yeah. They edited out butthole sandwich or something. Yeah. Or butthole like the whole sandwich. story about the butthole. I can't sandwich. remember. See, but, I think I'm okay. Like butthole is, I think below my line. <laughs> what about brown eye? Brown eye. <laughs> Frank, I'm opening the door here, and you're not entering it. What the hell? Um, Mine are too explicit. Yeah, Frank's pretty. I mean, yeah, but I, I was told that I have to get Frank to actually talk on this podcast, <laughs> yeah. and not to just agree with everything Aaron says. I'm, I'm opening the door. <laughs> Who said that? Oh, a name shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's not nice. Um, <laughs> the uh, I think the um, but yeah, like the amount of people that were messaging me was very clear that, you know, they wanted us to just, you know what I mean, like not censor everything. So what did we start, six months ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, six months ago, I think in the first month, I probably had a 1,000 messages saying, please don't change. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool. And then Rogan was went off on, on the phone with me, you know, dropping F-bombs like a comma of how – he thought it was dumb to edit a podcast. I'm like, well, if Rogan agrees, <laughs> we ain't beeping shit out, right? Like I mean, he's doing something right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he's got a couple million followers. So he, um, yeah, so whatever. Actually, I just talk. I, I'm trying to figure out how to sleep, right? Like, I'm not, I don't sleep. And so CBD oil has been brought to my attention. I've been like totally anti, of course I say that, except steroids, um, anti drug my and entire cocaine. life yeah co- it's cocaine ricky you don't want none of that and uh so i've been like you know total never smoked a cigarette never got stoned nothing but i need to start sleeping and so i'm actually meeting a guy today or tomorrow who's a specialist 
with CBD oil for pain and sleeping. So I was, of course, Rogan would be the master Jedi at anything to do with that. So I, <laughs> I, I bugged him about it, see what he had to say. So we'll see if, um, cause you don't get high from CBD oil, just yeah. whatever. So we'll, we'll see. fast forward like two weeks and Aaron will be wearing one of those Rasta hats with the dreadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving to Boulder, man. And I don't want to work anymore. <laughs> Sweet Birkenstocks, bro. Well, on my way Chacos. through on my way through Portland, um, a, a buddy of mine. Well, uh, he's now a buddy of mine. Uh, he reached out through social media. He was like, "Hey, if you're coming through Portland, I'm a chef. Stop by. We'll have some ramen." I'm like, "Shit, free some fucking ramen." <laughs> yeah, you just dropped an f bomb. Come oh, on, shit. man. Uh, just edit that. Beep. I think we're going to need a, a fun sound for this podcast. We, we need a fun Just on this one. Say Frank and Aaron explicit. <laughs> that'll, that'll get more listeners probably. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. Well, if you think about it when you're a kid, when you bought NWA, right, which, you know, the little white kid blind by the rap music because your parents didn't you want to listen to it, did you buy the one that said explicit? Or the edited one. You bought the explicit one. Was this right? a family podcast? <laughs> oh, wait, what? Yeah, was it? Well, my my audience is a little different than your guys. You, I feel like you guys have more of a an intense, uh, experienced audience coming in trying to listen. I mean, I, I don't know. I could be full of full of crap, but <laughs> yeah, I think we get we get pretty much. It's pretty pretty broad, man. Like we get a lot of newcomers all the way to. I'll have guys that I never imagined in a million years would listen to a podcast, and they'll get a hold of me and be like, dude, that was, I, you know, they're like, funny. I would have never thought. And then they start listening to them, you know, and, and some listen for knowledge, and some listen because they have no idea. Like, I may talk for, what, 85% of the podcast, and then Frank, the 15% he does talk is so out there that they're laughing like, what did you say the one time? I, you go, I said, Frank, you got any parting thoughts? Just remember, kids, you can only get syphilis once. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> and that's what you took away from that podcast, right? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody remembered anything I said. On that note, should we start this over so, and, and, and redo it with no editing, or are you going to be good to go with it? Oh, we'll figure something out. <laughs> I feel horrible for uh, when Katie had to edit mine. I remember the, the light popped on. When we did a photo, um, like a photo layover podcast, like one photo over another, okay. and she showed me the screen, right? And so, like, if this is the screen, and then there was, like, these little lines going up, all right, so that was photos, and then down here was, and that was me cussing that she had to edit. <laughs> and She's scribbling point, on a piece of paper right And now. at that point in time, I knew I should, and I, I love Katie to death, that I should probably tone it down a bit, because I felt horrible she had to to do that and to the point she doesn't even she told me she won't listen to ours because she knows that cusses now she said said she said she listened to one and it wasn't as bad as she had thought it would be um but even still i'm not in denial of the fact that i could talk to 100 people and probably 75 will cuss right along with me and then that other 25 will be like i'm never that guy is going to hell (laughs) so i think it depends like when you first meet somebody they're they're pretty polite but then you start and if you start cussing right off the bat, they're like, what the f- – yeah. what is this guy's a piece of shit? No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that or, or the ones that are like really polite to you, so you're polite back and then you let one slip and then the next thing you know, they're dropping bombs on your moms <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, you're like me. Okay, good. We're going to get along great. You like cookies too? We can be best friends. Yeah. Well, I always try and think of like clever – kind of clever titles for the podcast episodes and sadly 
with with me, that's the hardest thing to do. Um, you, can, you can just label this one Tourette's. Tourette's <laughs> yeah, Cafaro and Tourette's. Yeah, that's a good idea. It, I was it, leaning something along those lines. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. So I got ramen up in up in Portland, and uh, I got uh, CBD soda. Oh yeah. And I'd I'd slept. I've been I've been like sleeping in the back of my truck. I probably slept in a bed maybe four to five nights out of this whole trip. Mostly just been <laughs> crashing in the back of a pickup with a tarp over me while it's raining. Oh, that sucks. Eh, it's not too bad. It's like a white noise machine. But uh, way to keep your glass half racist. full. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 why has it got to be a white noise machine? Yeah, exactly. Frank has a point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, you're the bad guy. Yeah. Frank and I are normal. Yeah. Get out of this podcast studio, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, there is brown noise. Yeah, that's just yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure I what. Thought that's d- when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, no, that's the brown note. On that note, oh, our yeah, poor the- bathrooms here, man. Good lord, it's, uh, cause we drink probiotics. You know, we drink kombucha and take pro. Well, I take probiotics, krill oil, and then we got Mike, Mike. who, who and Ma- Alex. Alex comes down here. Oh, yeah, it's like People oh, we're not going to down here from the warehouse. We got two bathrooms right there to drop bombs in our they, bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he'll catch him every once in a while. Alex, did you just take a shit in our bathroom? <laughs> you said the s h i t word. I've just given come on. Up. Man. I've given up. <laughs> We just started. <laughs> Maybe we should post this on our podcast, so, and then you can. Well, we'll just, no, we'll that's co- bad. You can't co- link it either. Co-podcast it. We'll co. Yeah, uh, we'll co-cast it. Is that even a word? Co-cast. I did enjoy your uh, your podcast with Ben O'Brien. That was another. That was another one with a lot of bombs dropped. Did he? I didn't listen to it. Did he edit those out? Oh no! I think he said "let her rip" in the beginning. Oh yeah, no hunting collective. That's that's another. He talks about it in there all the time. He's like, no. We're good. It, it is what it is. No, that was yeah, that was a good podcast. He, I, he and I'd never met, and uh, now I never talked to him before or anything. So it was kind of a, you know, whatever. He looks like slate. that terrorist from uh, what's that Navy SEAL movie? Um, good lord, <laughs> we need to ask Cliff. Cliff, if you're listening, that one, the oh man, you know what I'm talking about? Act of Valor. Oh, where they're yeah. actual seals? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. He does look like the terrorist. <laughs> Bald head with a beard. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm it sure took to get gr- here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's a great guy, though. <laughs> no, he's cool. He seemed cool or whatever. We actually we got to do a podcast soon called uh, The Dark Side of the Industry where we talk about, um, you know, you got with the Yeti, the NRA, the backcountry hunters and anglers, and then, you know, partnerships in industry that are, that are broken for one other reason or another. You know, the people that you get, um, we recently had a guy that bust bugged us for a pack for, you know, we really didn't want to give him a pack, you know, but, and, uh, sure enough, we give him a pack and, uh, then it, we find out, you know, he's sending the same message to multiple other companies and mm. was just taking the highest bidder. And then one of the companies said they'd give him a pack in money, but he didn't ever mention that, you know, and you, you know, whatever. And, and what we're doing on Kafaro cast is different because we, as you've seen, we'll wear four camos at one time, right? <laughs> we'll we'll have a Nikon rangefinder, whatever, Zeiss binoculars and a Swarovski spotting scope or Mavens or whatever. No one does that anymore. I mean, it's hard to do. Not to say what we're doing is right, but it also pisses people off. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit on a podcast at some point. I think point. it's going to be good, but I don't want us to come across negative, but it's more of a more of us exposing the darks the the side that there's a side that the public sees of the outdoor industry and there's the side that 
if when you're in the outdoor industry that you understand. Well, and I told him when he started, you will hate everybody inside of two years. I was like, pretty much. And if you worked here, it'd be the same way. Um, and not here, well, anywhere. You right? know, though, just the little, I mean, I've dipped my, best I can say is I'm dipping my toe into this, into the industry. You know, I'm not full blown neck deep in it like you guys are, but <laughs> I'd, shoot, man, you get your foot in there and you just get sucked right into the, all of the, Fucking shit. Yeah. He, <laughs> he said, said fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's a naughty language word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean. Well, you, well, I think that there's been a ton of great people I've met. There's oh, also, yeah. you've also, I've also seen the dark side or the, the shitty side of a lot of other people and where, whether it be loyalty or lies or, you know, every, everything. Fabrications, yeah. omitting, um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's different, I guess. And, uh, I know I get painted by a lot of people as a, because I, I mean I'm overly blunt or whatever, and and I don't want to. I mean I'm not in denial about any of that. But you think about well, look at you. You got. I mean I've stuck up for you what five times now that I know of. Yeah. You have done nothing wrong. I mean in my you've done nothing wrong in the industry. But you're new. You had the uh, the ambition to start a podcast. You had the ambition to go travel and meet people, and then uh, you know our buddy. Which I like Tanner. He doesn't care. Whatever. He's an asshole. So he started making fun of you. <laughs> and uh, I and I like Tanner. He could be sitting here with us, and he wouldn't. I mean, he's he's a great guy. But you get wrapped in the middle of that, and then you'll have guys. Let's say have been in the industry a long time and didn't get on social media, and they hate it. But if I hate something, like I don't like olives. You don't like olives. I know, right? So they don't go. <laughs> I don't put them in the refrigerator. How strange is that, right? Holy. <laughs> Well, if you don't like social media, I mean, I know this is crazy. Don't get on it. I mean, if you don't like someone's page, don't get on their page. So that kind of stuff is is weird to me to where for for me, I just won't get on. You know, I'll just I don't block. It's not a big deal. I just unfollow them, whatever. I mean, and that's how it is. Well, if you're getting on someone's page just to find out reasons to talk crap about them, that's a little weird for me. I just don't. It's I don't a huge really waste get, of energy. Yeah, in time where, you know, I try to stay as positive as I can, and and uh, you know about everything. And that was one thing where, you know, you I don't have you killed anything yet? Nope. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. my knees do do, do my well, knees count? <laughs> <laughs> but you, I mean, you you are not um, faking the funk either. You're green as shit, and you say that, or I said well, a naughty language word. I always uh-huh. I always tell people, you know, they'll they'll give me, you know. TSD, they'll post, uh, they'll post something like, oh, don't you hate it when a-holes on Instagram pretend like they know some whatever, and I'll get, like, three people tagging me in it. And, uh, <laughs> and one, I'm kind of like, sweet. Yeah. Somebody knows me well enough that they want to talk shit about me. That's I'm cool with that. Uh, but two, then I'm like, I'll, I'll talk to them. I'll confirm. I'll be like, so here's the thing. Have you ever listened to my podcast? Like, no, why would we listen to that shit? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you said the S-H-I-T yeah. word. I've said it a couple times now. Uh, <laughs> bad influences. Uh, but I'll look at them. I'll be like, have you, I've done one solo podcast. My entire time doing, you know, like, this is probably episode 72, somewhere around there, 72, 73. I've done one solo podcast my entire time. One, it was mostly just because I was running out of content at the time and had that to happens, post something. Yeah. <laughs> but two, the title of it was More Things Not to Do in the Backcountry, a recap of my desert muley hunt. Yeah. And it was literally me uh, on the drive back from Arizona, my five-hour drive back from Arizona. I put on the headset and I just sat and talked about all of the things I know for a fact I did wrong. Yeah. And in hopes of, you know, somebody – 
we'll learn from that. And I got a lot of good feedback on that episode. And that's generally what I try and do with this podcast is I I am kind of the idiot, but I'll play an even bigger idiot and take the take that abuse because as guys, we don't always want to admit when we don't know something. You know, we get we get chesty, you know, and especially with something like hunting that's like manly, you know, kind of shit. It's a couple of people I can think of like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I guess that's one of the reasons why – and I don't listen to podcasts very often. I've only listened to a couple of yours, but I've never known you to basically – say i i know everything you're the guy that's like hey here's my story of me getting into it or whatever and so that's why i well like with tsd i hopped on and i'm like you know I'm like what are you picking on this guy for <laughs> like he didn't do anything wrong you know and um you know or whatever so well, so you came out with that episode and i saw you know tsd i'm like i don't want to listen to this crap ah, yeah. screw these guys da, 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 da. <laughs> and uh you know it's like you'll be listening on itunes or whatever and it'll just kind of go into the next podcast yeah. i think i was listening to the podcast before it I was, like, riding the Metro, and it hops into the next podcast. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll just – you know, I was kind of half listening, and all of a sudden I heard, and this guy, living country. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, hold on. I got to rewind for a minute here <laughs> catch up. Uh, yeah. And I actually uh, – I messaged them after that, and uh, we, we've sort of <laughs> – I think I messaged them. I'm like, all right, I listened to the podcast with Aaron – Still think you guys are douchebags, but you seem like slightly cooler douchebags than I thought you were before. <laughs> They're both they pretty are, cool. They are very, Thanks. very cool. And since then, we've kind of we've we've talked back and forth. We've kind of buried the hatchet, and they've they've sent me well wishes, and they'll still talk shit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that won't stop. And oh, I yeah. wouldn't worry about that. But you oh, know, though, what was funny like, about that Mountain Ops Jordan super pissed off from that podcast with TSD. Really, like at a level, he's running a different pack, right? I mean, basically yeah. said we're against him and. I remember what six times, maybe more. We said, "Hey, those guys are our friends." We Dude, stayed I've out stood of it. Up and, so many times for those guys, and uh, I mean, they kind of just shit on us. Yeah, I just uh, or in our, I mean, not uh, not all of them, obviously, but with that, like with Jordan, um, we don't talk. I mean, because of that podcast and something else, and, and uh, the supplement podcast, the supplement podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's kind of a crappy part of the industry where, you know, I helped. I was a big part of well. Maybe I'm tooting my own horn too much. I feel that I was a big part of Mountain Ops in the beginning and everything else. I never ran all of their products, which everyone knew that. I, I, I mean, I just that's because I don't run a lot of different products. There's just certain things I take and certain things I don't. And th- but those guys were friends of mine. Like I felt like that. And so when I was surprised when we had TSD on, we're going to have everyone on. I mean, it doesn't. Well, you've heard like we have oh, people yeah. on that. I don't even really like, but it's good to have a podcast <laughs> with them because I mean, there's knowledge for everyone, and yeah, it is what it is. And that was one thing where I was kind of surprised, where I'm like, really, from the TSD podcast, we said you guys were our friends, right? And and again, I'm not gonna if I'm a good friend of yours, I'm not gonna stop having TSD on because they're making fun of you. We'll just talk to them about them making fun of you, and then we'll have one with you where you're making fun of TSD, um, which. I guess for us, Frank and I are so like freewheeling on that stuff. I don't nothing really. Well, I think that's where that lo- that um, podcast is going to come into play. Just the the loyalty mm-hmm. and the friendships that are made and lost from quote unquote business or whatever you know. So yeah, it does suck. It does. I've lost good friends from from uh, the industry, and I mean, you know, one thing. I mean, you think about it. If if you were getting a hold of me and said, "Hey, I want to get in the outdoor industry," the first thing I would ask is, "Do you want to be outdoors?" Or do you want to be in the outdoor industry? Because getting in the outdoor industry, they're not mutually – I mean, they're mutually yeah. exclusive. You're not going to – you know, so for me, 
my goal in the beginning was just to live out the woods as much as I could. This has allowed me to do that. But for most people trying to get into the industry, I'd say, why don't you become a forester if you like the outdoors? You know, my name's Forrester. Forrester. <laughs> <laughs> Bottle of expectorant. <laughs> Traded for him, honestly. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like, all right, hey, you know what? Why don't you go to Mountain Hood Community College and get your fish and wild, or fisheries biology degree and uh, go work at a fish hatchery and survey streams? Like, that's going to – that's a good job where you can go work outside compared to, you know, getting in the industry almost – kind of hate it by the time once you're in it or, or in a lot of ways it's a nice i mean i originally started this thing it wasn't even going to be a hunting podcast i uh i started the, like a blog and everything and i it was literally just to document because i had a lot of people that would come to me and say hey i saw you shooting a bow like i you know i didn't know you could do that in la or i go line dancing i go to country music nights i go to i go four-wheeling i go shoot my guns you know all this stuff and yeah, they're looking at each other. I'm going to get some shit for the I don't dance thing. at all. I saw him the other day. He was drunk as hell at his sister's oh, wedding. Dude, I was getting down. All of her friends were like. <laughs> he looked like Ricky Val- Richie Valens. They were trying to get me on the dance floor. I'm like, I don't dance. And then like 25 beers later, I was just <laughs> breaking it down. They were all impressed and shit. They're like, you know how to uh, dance. I'm like, no. Nah. The beer helped a little. Yeah, no kidding. Well, uh, I would say land dancing. Um, I, you probably pull a lot of chicks from that. It. Uh, I, I will not confirm nor deny. You get more ass than a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. So, so can you get syphilis more than once? Then, or like, what's the deal with that? <laughs> oh, oh my Lord. gosh, my my poor mother. <laughs> my poor mother. Uh, sorry, man. Um, <laughs> But a lot of people will laugh from this. Oh, gosh. You've Should we take bets? Bringing, I bet this will be the most downloaded podcast you've got. Bringing joy. I, I, I will beg to differ. Corey Jacobson sends out one email, and, and it literally triples the amount of downloads I get. Oh, That's yeah. Interesting. He reminds In me of Peyton Manning one day. with his longer neck. Cool yeah. guy, but he reminds me of Peyton Manning. Did you do one with Corey? I've done two. I did one uh, that was kind of just general, like, improve your elk hunting ability yeah and uh we talked a little bit about elk 101 and then uh i did one at hunt expo with i got both him and uh jason phelps on and we stole brian's couch <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah and uh we did a basically a elk calling for complete idiots yeah like from the extent of like okay i have this thing <laughs> yeah what do i do which, <laughs> does it rubber side up or yeah um and so that was uh, that one's actually been. I've got a lot of good feedback. I still got to edit the video from that and put it up because I did I did a video from that one too. But yeah. uh, we barely even got into bugling. Like we just really focused on cow calling, and cow calling, and learning learning how to work the diaphragm call and stuff like that. And um, I got a lot of messages from people being like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't want to ask anyone about this stuff, but thank you so much <laughs> for posting it." Oh yeah, I'm sure. No, for sure. And those guys are. We haven't had Phelps or. Corey on I don't know actually I mean I don't know Corey's on enough other ones Phelps we get a lot you know what I mean we like we're, we have a partnership with Phelps so mm-hmm. we um we're actually going mobile today when I say mobile whatever we're <laughs> gonna set up for Skype because we haven't had to do anything on Skype before yeah. they're all right in here so Corey I like Corey he's funny we shot with him and um I mean, he took it well because I believe at one point in time I said something to the effect of, you better thank God you can call because you can't shoot for shit. <laughs> and uh, 
I think he, it was when they, him and Donnie both hit that tree. There's like a gap shoot in the. Have oh, you been to yeah. the TAC, the tax or whatever? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. There was a shoot between a, a little fork and a tree, and they both fucking shot the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and then Corey goes, "You want to see concentration? No, you want to see confidence? Yeah. He has like two arrows left." And he shoots again, and he fucking misses again. And we're like, oh, fuck, this is great. <laughs> well, and I told, you know, Corey, I was like, look, dude, we want to climb up a hill. Yeah, you want to do lift, you want to shoot, whatever. I'm like, but if, if we're going to have a calling competition, I'm going to have a knee injury. I'm not yeah. – I already know you're going to beat me, right? I mean, you're one of the best callers in the world, if not the best. Like, I stay in my wheelhouse. Like, I'm not going to enter something I'm going to get crushed at. You know, I already know. I mean, and, and the guy can call – I mean – extremely well and Donnie's the same I mean you know who's better who knows between Donnie and Corey I mean they're both very good callers and obviously Phelps and Charlie are amazing you know as well but didn't somebody say like there's like a joke um you know like Talladega Nights when uh Shake him down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, Donnie doesn't enter the same competitions as, as Corey does because... Well, Donnie enters a different class, okay, and I think yeah. that is a agreement those two had a long time ago where yeah, they would not... About they won't call against each other. They won't call like, against each other. Like, you know that part in Talladega like He's like, uh, can I win one time? He's like, well... <laughs> He's like, but but if you win, then then how am I going to win? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, those guys are super cool. Um, I mean, they were both. Uh, I yeah, mean, they were fun. fun. They're they're cool dudes. They were fun, but we had Barklow with us as well, right? And what did I have? Fourteen arrows with me. Mm. I, I had a pile of them, and uh, I think Barklow at one point was like. He's like, I'd heard you could shoot. He goes, but then you had that many arrows. I wasn't really as certain, but then I was sending it from. We were at 180 in. I mean, we were launching arrows. I mean, if you want to shoot long distance, tack is definitely yeah. the one. <laughs> it's, uh, it definitely uh, cured me of my Black Eagle arrows, and then Isaac Hillman <laughs> saw me in, sitting in the back of my car counting my broken, <laughs> shattered Black <laughs> Eagles. Oh, and he boy. walks up. He's like, all right, uh, <laughs> let me hook you up with something. You, you just look too sad right now, <laughs> like Eeyore. <laughs> I was just, I was just laughing. I think I was, I think I was making an Instagram post of just literally all the shattered carbon <laughs> that I'd collected over that. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, not that my shooting's gotten any better since then, um, <laughs> or uh, or apparently my bow usage, as we discussed earlier. <laughs> you should tell that story. I'm going to go grab Copenhagen, and you should <laughs> tell that story just because. I would. I you you notice I really didn't make that much fun of you. If I could count, I'd probably say I've seen that happen thirty, forty times in the last you know twenty five years or whatever. I've seen yeah. guys do it indoor courses, and I've had. Well, the other day I had like my knock wasn't all the way snapped in. That was a breath away from a dry <laughs> fire. So I will be right back. Go ahead, sirs. Yeah. So. Uh... I can't remember if I mentioned this on the last podcast or not, but I uh, was out shooting at, uh, is it Golden County Archers, I think? Golden High Country Archers. Golden High Country Archers. I don't know. It's, for some reason, I've been told this like nine times, and the name cannot stick in my head. Sleep deprivation. It happens. I've, so, yes, I've been, I've been sleeping on average, I'd say, about four hours of a night <laughs> in the bed of a pickup truck for two weeks now. I think I've gotten about six hours in an actual bed maybe three or four nights out of, out of these two weeks, and... So we're out shooting, and uh, and I'm I'm using that as a complete excuse. <laughs> it has nothing to do with uh, uh, with my complete idiocy, but uh, yeah. So we're at the, we're at the course, you know. People are taking photos. I go draw back, and and Brian Horton goes, "Sam, you don't have a damn arrow." 
And I'm like, what? And I kind of cock my head out to the side. I'm like, I'm at full draw. Cock my head out to the side. I'm like, oh, shoot, I don't. And I go to let down. It all happens in super slow motion. And, <laughs> you know that initial, like, after you're coming off the back wall, that initial little jerk off the back wall. <laughs> you said jerk off. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Timmy. So did it blow your string up? Uh, yeah. So I, I hit the release as I was letting down, and string exploded. Um and we thought the limbs and cams were good. Cams look okay. But uh, as I was kind of resetting the – I was fiddling with the little dampener in between the limbs. I noticed there's just a teeny little shard of uh, limb that was peeling off. How that could have been happening before. Is this a Hoyt? Yeah. I would say, though, <clears throat> even though Hoyt doesn't like me, if you're going to dry fire a bow, it should be a Hoyt. Uh, they can take a – I mean, that's one thing. They can take a beating. Um so you'd probably be all right. I've actually split mine before and just took a razor knife and pulled Cleaned that off. strand off and never had a problem. Yeah. But. I'm taking it into no limits. I'm uh, going to be <clears throat> actually be chatting with Phil uh, later today. He's a good guy. Phil's our homie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Phil. No homo. <laughs> Did you see that look again? <laughs> oh, what? Uh, well, it's funny because usually, like, if it's Phil and Luke and Frank and Santino and uh, what's the other guy, the sanitation engineer? Juan. Juan, yeah. I'm like the milk spot in the bowl of ink, right? I'm the only white dude in the group, right? So I'm the minority there. So then I got to, like, bob and weave. And yeah, it's uh, those guys are super funny but yeah you'll like phil but you've met phil before haven't you never met him oh yeah he's super cool good dude but yeah so exploded the bow that was uh i really it was just i just didn't want to demonstrate my loft problems um <laughs> was that shooting. early in the the day then oh yeah it was like the the fourth target <laughs> third or fourth target <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny we shot that course earlier that day yeah i saw it Following you guys on Instagram, not stalking or anything. You know, I'm just a little bit obsessed with you guys. Uh, it has Frank's haircut. <laughs> what? It is. I need a haircut. He looks like Storm. Um, pull that thing off. Show what it. What the fuck? <laughs> I have a bunch of gray hair. Yeah, the little salt and pepper there. Yeah. I'm starting to get the uh, when I if my hair grows out longer. You guys watch Sopranos ever? Not in a long time. No. But do you remember like Polly, the dude with like the white stripes down the side? Uh, no, well, but I can Google it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you that what you that. that's what I when I if my hair grows out like long, yeah. that's what I look like. I just some... two white stripes down the side <laughs> and then down. In the you got beard. some gray on your beard there too. Yeah, I've my... been blessed. No gray for me, uh, everyone. As long as it's growing in, I'm just happy. That's that's all I care about. Frank it... looks like Al Qaeda. Is the problem? Not the stereotype, <laughs> right? I mean, Durka, I'm not Durka, sure. Mohammed Jihad. We got a lot of buddies. Call you Gray Bush? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> gray beard. Oh yeah, my you shall not pass. <laughs> oh, it's Frank Greyhand <laughs> or something like that. Oh, alter egos, alter egos. Yes. <laughs> no, as long as it's grown in, I don't, I don't care what color it grows in. It could grow in neon pink, and I would be fine. Yeah, uh, that's good though. My my ex used to sit and like pluck the gray hairs out of my beard, and then one day she finally looked at me. Oh, she, and she's one like, day she ghosted you. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the wound is still fresh. <laughs> too soon, too soon. Oh. 
Dang. Moving on. <laughs> this scintillating hunting content that people uh, Are you crying? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut up. It's not funny. Oh god. It's uh it's these onions in the in the Kefaro International <laughs> podcast room. What uh so how big is you so you got you said that your apartment's four hundred and fifty square feet? Some somewhere in that range. Just because I know it's ridiculously priced down there. What is that costing I, you? I pay a thousand dollars a month for that. Uh, that's pressed about the same as here. What was your yours was seven fifty? What my uh, square foot? Well, yeah. and keep in mind, yeah. I'm also getting like a smoking deal. Literally, yeah. it's it, I get that deal because my landlords want nothing to do with us, and so if like my ceiling caves in, I just get buy some drywall and fix it myself. Mm. Oh, that makes things simpler though. Our yeah. wiring's like hundreds <laughs> of years old. <laughs> it's it's the old like super thick copper wiring with like the cloth covering that. You're pretty sure you're going to kill yourself if you work you on poo in a bucket and dump it out in the street. Oh, that's just an LA thing in general. <laughs> <laughs> Shitter's full. Yes. <laughs> no, my last apartment was uh, thirteen forty yeah. a month for yeah. seven hundred fifty square feet. Freaking yeah. expensive. That was I was almost eight sixteen, I guess, for a two bedroom. Yeah, it's I was big. trying to buy a house for a while, and I just had to give up. Like I was trying to buy like a little townhouse. I just needed something with a garage. That's all I wanted. Somewhere I could set up like my reloading equipment, set up like fletching stuff. And what was it like three grand or something for? Oh, jeez. Uh, well, no, to buy. I like I'd been hit by a car, and so I had a little bit of extra money. And uh, fuck, I'm gonna go get hit by a car. Tonight. <laughs> yeah. I've been stealing monkeys since like I was like seven. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was looking to buy a house in. I, there was nothing. I mean, I would have had to. I would have had to move a three-hour drive from my from my office to be able to afford a house. Not to bring a another townhouse. Californian to Colorado, but why don't you move? It seems like your job right now would it's a be, work thing. Yeah, so it's, it's not as transferable as it might sound. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've I've tried for a long time. Yeah, my last gig, uh, I I was trying for a couple of years to get out, and just everything was falling through. Um, it was like for weird reasons, you know, like the job, they'd, they'd lose a client and the job would disappear or this or that or the other. And, uh, so I came off, I was, I think I was in Wyoming. I was interviewing for an ad agency in Wyoming and I was like, I got it. I got this gig. It was the best interview I'd ever had. I, I nailed it. They took me, they like threw a barbecue for me afterwards. Like they <laughs> took me out for drinks. I'm like, shoot, like this is, I got this job. I get home and I get a a form rejection letter like oh. a week later and Good lord and so i was in i was i was in a pretty uh what happened spot. did they say i don't know if i'd like i'm trying to think like did i get drunk and say so i didn't even drink that enough to <laughs> you said like, sprinkles <laughs> that'll do it every time <laughs> i don't know but somehow somehow i offended them uh greatly but uh, yeah, so I came out, came off of that uh, job interview and was was super pissed off. And I had a, a coworker that was like, "Hey, well, Golden Voice is hiring. That's the company I'm at now." Uh, her husband worked there, and I'm like, "Well, crap! I'll, I'll just do anything to do get out of this gig. They had no future for me, and if nothing else, I get to go to a bunch of country music festivals." Um, so ended up ended up at Golden Voice, and the rest has been history so far. But uh, you're liking it there, though. Of course, a, they you listen. Know, Lie your a, ass off if they listen. I don't know. They may they may or may not. Um, <laughs> but honestly, it's a great great job. It is awesome perks, and I work with really. Anytime you work with passionate people, I feel like it makes makes it a lot better. Whatever they're passionate about, it just makes the the work a lot better. Versus people that are just doing it to pull a paycheck and kind of 
they're miserable, so they're making you miserable. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. It, if, and even a shitty job, if everybody's passionate about it, mm-hmm. it seems to go by better, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And well, I think I told you guys, right, like they don't, they don't understand like when I want to take vacation because they're, they're super passionate about this. And so that's all they do is, is live music and they go to more shows. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, we just, we just did three weekends of festivals. I need to go get away from music and <laughs> get into the outdoors. And so they're all like, oh, okay, I don't understand that. <laughs> they're like, are you going to take ecstasy and <laughs> bring your boombox or what's the deal? Well, no, now every time I leave, though, they're like, okay, don't hurt your knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Speaking of hurting your knees, what do you got planned for this year? Uh, this year's actually crazy. I got a lot going on. Um, family vacation in Hawaii uh, coming up in July. And I told my folks, I'm like, well, so if I'm taking off vacation for this, you realize my idea of vacation is really, really different than yours. So if you guys, you guys can't get mad at me because I'm not going to be like snorkeling and lounging on the beach. <laughs> um, and so uh, we're uh, we're staying in Lahaina, which is where the ferry to Lanai takes off. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping I gotta I gotta figure that out and get some people on the podcast. But I'm hoping I can do some axis steer out in Lanai. Um, oh yeah, so that should be fun. If nothing else, I'll see some action. Then I've got uh, Velvet Muleys in Arizona in August. Uh, I've got some some good buddies over at uh, Hunt 3A. Um, they are just – that's what they do is they're they're out there chasing javelina and muleys all day long out in the desert. Um, and they recently got a really nice antelope tag out in Arizona too. But so I got that. Uh, I'm doing some sailfish and hog out in Florida come November. Dang. Um, with Brett Cannon, really good guy. Um and then I think uh, you know I'll be back to Idaho in September for elk. Can't cannot let cannot let that state beat me. So <laughs> I'll be I'll be uh, causing trouble out there. And then I drew a uh, an Audad tag for New Mexico this year, or if, well for February next year. That'll be cool. So I'm super stoked. I've got I've got just an army of people that every time somebody hears about it, they're like, I want to go. You got. So I, I can literally – you know like when in, in the movie when the little kid gets lost or kidnapped and they send the people like through the forest, mm-hmm. you know, with flashlights and binoculars and stuff? That's that's what my odd ad hunt's going to look like. It's just 40 people coming <laughs> An the odd entire, ad drive. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I'll just stand on the other side of the ridge and have everyone walk. <laughs> yeah, like the Romans. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'll be cool though. So as far as like your – the backpack hunt – because uh, I didn't listen to anything of of what you talked. I just mm-hmm. I saw your post that your n- knees were hurt. What would you do differently if you had to do it again? I mean, minus taking someone that's done it before. What would you yeah. do differently as a greenie? So, the biggest problem there there's two problems. One is my first hunt, and I I tried cutting down my pack as much as possible, but I'm new. You know, I'm I'm a little bit nervous. I I'm going by myself to. You pack too much shit. So I pack too much shit. Yeah. And then as I'm going out, it was like in the 70s, the whole time, 60s, 70s in Idaho, that whole week before, as I'm driving out, snowstorm blows in. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I run into Sportsman's Warehouse. I kind of swap out my gear. Uh, um, super, I was super thankful for that sawtooth, by the way. That thing kept me, <laughs> yeah. that was the saving grace, having that, so, that stove in, uh, in the sawtooth. But, uh, yeah, snowstorm blows in, and so I was kind of – I was frantic, like, trying to swap stuff out and pack stuff in, but I ended up just with more weight than I really needed. And, I, I mean, I probably was going in with an 80-pound pack. 
Good Lord, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost don't want to say it, but it's it's just one of those things. It's I, I made a stupid mistake, and I learned from it. But then also going in, I uh, it was let me, I was let me hear some of the Deadpool. things you brought because <laughs> we're gonna make fun of. Yeah. No, I'm just oh kidding. no, absolutely. Well, so I brought uh, I brought the sawtooth, um, and I actually had a uh, seek outside stove. The uh, um, titanium one? Yeah, the little titanium medium box stove. Yeah. Um, had my MSR uh, – at the time, I uh, had an MSR hand pump yeah. water filter. Do that again. <laughs> oh, yeah, we go. We're getting, we're getting uh, Frank a little excited over here at the end of the table. Hold on. Let me tape that. <laughs> la, la, la. Bam, chica, bam, Oh, uh, if this, if Focus, this podcast man. is a rockin', don't come and knock. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, How much clothing did you bring? Not that much, to be honest. Um, so where was the weight coming from is what I'm digging into my, here. Cause I, now, keep in mind, yeah. I have these same conversations with people, and they do like you. They're like, I didn't bring that much. I didn't have that whatever. I'm like, your pack weighed 80 pounds, buddy. Yeah. You had something in there. <laughs> Like, what was it? Because really, you know, the goal obviously is for the next time for it you know, not to be very heavy. Yeah. Where would you have cut weight? That's what I'm. I'm. I'm trying to remember everything I brought. Not, electronics were a problem. I probably brought a little too much on the electronics front. Um, I uh, I had a little uh, Goal Zero solar charger that I didn't end up using because the, the entire time was a giant overcast freaking uh, snowstorm, but. Uh, I had a couple of dark energy chargers. I had my two GoPros and everything. And because I'm like, this is my first time. I want to document this thing. I wasn't planning on going full, you know, uh, full film or anything. But I just wanted some some footage of the hunt. Uh, that definitely added a lot of weight. I was, I was pulling up. I have a list somewhere of everything that was in my pack. I use uh, I use that what, lighter pack. It's like a, a like a website where. You, you can put everything in, and it shows you percentages, and you can put stuff in different bags and pouches. And it's actually it's kind of a cool website, um, but I have it listed. I've never there. Heard of it. <laughs> no, we never. We talk about. I mean, you know, when we we do this frequently, so we're, whatever. But like yeah. I've said it many podcasts. Like I don't spreadsheet it up. I don't. I mean, if it's in there, it needs to be in there. And you yeah. get to a point like like you've got your entire podcast studio in that bag. Mm-hmm. Most people that start one probably aren't going to be as dialed in as you because you've done it, right? You know what you need. Backpack hunting is no different. Like, Frank, you usually pack the morning we go. Like, Frank, <laughs> like I pre-pack, right? And, and and Amy gets into that or whatever. She likes it. But, you know, once – I mean, if it's in there, especially on a serious hunt, like it ain't coming out because it weighs – like if it's got to be in there, it's got to be in there. So – but it's pretty Spartan for us. Like we don't really have – there ain't a whole lot of creature comforts in there. Uh, Copenhagen. <laughs> yeah, I think after you do so many trips, you just you kind of remember what you need to take. And then we go on all these backpack trips, fishing trips and scouting trips and all that, and that kind of gets you closer to getting your gear dialed in. And then by the time hunting season comes up, you you know what you need and you know what you don't need. So. Yeah, I definitely uh, I'm looking at – I was pulling this up just so I could see the weight of everything just and see where a lot of the weight was falling. Oh, no, those, good, those are good for guys getting going because you yeah. can see um, – you know what i mean exactly what's in there the thing that it's good to do is when you get back draw a line on the floor and everything on the right is what you didn't use and everything mm-hmm. on the left is what you did and then you kind of figure out what you could maybe buy to to, to combine some things and then that'll usually drop 10 15 pounds off pretty quickly yeah and i uh 
going out to Arizona after that, it was more of a – the Arizona hunt was more of a car hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I even on top of that, I didn't pack as much. But I definitely was able to cut down a lot of gear that, uh, you know, that I – didn't need and didn't use the last time and improved my food situation there's a lot of a lot of weight it's looking like was in my uh in my food and uh i think i packed i honestly packed way too much food um i could have cut that down a lot um i don't know what else my tent and the sleep system that was a lot of weight i mean a sawtooth for me by myself is a lot of tent Mm -hmm. um i don't need that much tent. i i bought it initially because I'm like, okay, I can afford to buy one tent. I want a tent that'll work if I'm going out with a buddy, if I'm going out by myself, if I'm going out in the snow, if I'm going out in the summer. I want, you know, I want as versatile of a tent as I can. Then as the years go by, I can continue adding to my kit and I can pick up a tarp, like a super tarp or a, uh, something else like that. Um, so it's, it, you know, the sawtooth was a lot of tent, uh, tent for that with the stove. I mean, I think I just... I think a lot of it looks like just death by death by paper cuts, kind of just a lot of <laughs> little things, little shit that I probably didn't That's need. A horrible that way to die. Added, <laughs> that added up and, uh, you know, carrying all that in um, and then climbing over. I had a buddy, he warned me, he's like, you know, there's a lot of deadfall in that area. Like, mm-hmm. and he told me later, he's like, you know, and, uh, we talked about this on uh, episode 38 of, of the podcast. We, we go through this whole thing and talk about what happened. But uh, he told me, he's like, you know, I didn't want to talk you out of that area because he's like, if you found bulls back there, they were going to be big, just gnarly bulls. And I saw, I saw a lot of sign, but it was, it was definitely a little bit older. I saw uh, an elk leg. Well, that's part of an elk. Yeah, that's part of an elk. (laughs) Wasn't attached to anything. And there was a, Oh, never mind. That doesn't count. Yeah. (laughs) Was it like a wolf kill or something? Yeah, there was, there was actually uh, some, I thought they were brown bear uh, at first, but then just getting to learn the size of different prints. Uh, there's some wolf uh, wolf tracks actually, uh, not not too far outside, and they were fresh uh, from the night before because it, it snowed. Um, they were uh, circling my tent a couple of times. Um, they like the sawtooth. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, did not see any elk. I may. I'm still not sure if I actually heard any. Um, but the very first night, it was raining. It was raining. I had the the stove crackling, and then I I just vaguely heard it would have been miles away, you know, a uh, bugle, a bugle, and then one responded. So I'm pretty sure I heard. Saw my first elk actually uh, about a week and a half ago. I just about crashed the car because I pulled over so fast and slammed Shit, on the brakes. Drive really. by my house, they're all over. Yeah, they're out this morning. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I gotta hit them in the morning when I'm driving to work. I gotta pay. T- I can't text and drive anymore. What the hell, elk? <laughs> well, I was actually I, I was going into Yellowstone. You know, you go in. Uh, uh, this was before Yellowstone, but uh, when I was going in through into Yellowstone, you know, it's like you go in that north entrance and they're just like lounging out there like cats in the sun. Like yeah. there's just hundreds of them. And and so I'm like, okay, whatever. That's cool. I had seen them and I, I keep driving. And I see this one, one cow elk with a calf and she's up on this like hill and the clouds are behind her. And it's just this really cool shot. You know, it's, um, so I stopped and I took a couple photos. I look over and I see my uh, my bugle tube and my my calls over there. I'm like, ah, sure, why not? Let's let's play around. Just and- let you know you're about to commit a crime over the uh, <laughs> podcast. Oh, does that count as harassing wildlife? Yes, it does. Ooh. Not to say I've never done it, but I've never done it. Anybody's listening. Well, um, <laughs> if you had done it, tell the story of what would have happened. I, I 
I considered doing this whole thing, and if I'd considered it, uh, or if I had done it, this is how it would have happened. Um, I just made a just made a couple of cow calls, and she pops her head up, looks straight down in my direction. It was kind of a little roll to the hills, and just comes tearing towards the road. And I'm like, oh shit! What, what did I just do? Um, and uh, so she comes and comes into probably about 25 yards or something, and she's got her calf with her, and then s- sees the cars. Is like, oh, okay, it's just more idiot tourists, yeah. and uh, stops, and she and the ca- calf start feeding. And I proceeded because of that to cause the world's biggest traffic jam because they're out at 25 yards, so everyone and their mother then stops in the road and starts taking photos. I've noticed there's a lot of Asians that uh, go to Yellowstone. Yeah, no, my Banff first and trip uh, Jasper were the same way. On that note, I got to pee. Go oh, ahead, fellas. Go. My first trip to Yellowstone, I was like six or seven years old. The only I remember two things: one was waiting for Old Faithful and being irritated because oh, I was dude, tired that's and grumpy. The worst, yeah, and the second was my parents freaking out because there was an Asian tourist family, and and we're sitting, <laughs> you know, we're sitting the hundred yards back in the car yeah. watching. This family drives up in like their station wagon off the road up next to the buffalo or the bison, to be honest. Into the field? or Into the field. And proceeds to get out. And my mother's having an aneurysm right now because <laughs> it's like a whole family it's a, you know, with children and everything. So they're getting out and they're taking pictures next to them. And then the coup de gras comes. I swear my mother just about died because they're sitting there. This is before cell phones yeah. you know, and everything. And like, do we leave to call a park ranger to get a park ranger or – what do we do? You know, we, like we feel like if they get attacked, we somebody should be here to help them. Right. And uh, the coup de gras comes when they take their toddler and put it up on the bison. What <laughs> to take a photo? <laughs> this is the I remember two things from Yellowstone, and that was it. They took their toddler, put it on the bison <laughs> for the photo. How is that even possible? Tatanka. <laughs> yeah. Tatanka. Yeah, that was a that was a trip to Yellowstone. Where I didn't commit wildlife harassment, um, hypothetically. Hypothetically, I didn't. And I, I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't realize just just a call I would only be. bring that up because I think we irritated the local Department of Wildlife because of a Ooh. podcast we did. So, if you're listening in, we love you. We love what you do, and we're very proud of we, you. Um, well, I do feel kind of bad then because I I actually I was at the uh, the Bison Range, the National Bison Range up north of Missoula, mm-hmm. and did you have a bison call? Where you going? I did have a bison call. <laughs> <laughs> Here, bison. Well, I'm sitting there. I'm doing a little loop up. around, whatever. And, you know, there's uh, – they got like the different sections. There's like the bison over here and then there's the antelope range kind of over here. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wide. I'm, look, I'm looking at these antelope and I'm like, what is that out there? And I realize there's two dudes like 500 yards out <laughs> off the road. You're not even supposed to get out of your car there. Yeah. And they're like 500 yards off the road into the field. I'm looking and I kind of zoom in with the camera and they're holding something in between them and it looks like a steady cam rig and they're like chasing after these antelope. <laughs> and so I got a, you know, I got a picture of their license and a picture of them and I got an email from the, like the wildlife security officer or whatever and he's like, you know, thanks for reporting the wildlife harassment. It's currently being dealt with. It was like it was super ominous email. Oh wow! Holy uh, cow. Yeah. By the way, were you calling elk in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Ooh, hundreds yeah. of miles away. Yeah, um, yeah. I, technically, it's harassing wildlife, from what I understand, um, out of season. But I, I don't know. It's not like I've looked into it or whatever. I just I know I was telling a story. Several years ago, like you were telling me around a Department of Wildlife agent, 
and then he told me I was committing a crime. And I really didn't look into it after that other than I remembered it as, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Um, which I guess they look at it the same as like baiting a bear, right, or whatever. I gotcha. it, and uh, they can, you know, it'll it'll potentially bring them like, you know, whatever, like in your case, could ru- might run out in the road and get hit by a car, you know, or whatever. So I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, so since that was all hypothetical and I uh, did good. not do that and I um, – might have to edit an Instagram post. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would be pretty chicken shit if they give you a ticket over that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely – it's hard, you know, once you come out west, especially from living in L.A. Not that I've even been – I think I drove through L.A., I guess. But it's hard not – it can, you know, it gets inside. It's hard not to – you know, you see things that you just don't see in California or at least not where you're at. Oh, yeah. And it's it, it's kind of funny because I've – I've always been, you know, going into the National Forest, I always loved camping and all of this. And I grew, grew up to some extent doing that, but it was more like summer vacation kind of thing, not, mm-hmm. you know, something you do on a regular basis. And so I've always loved being in the outdoors and, you know, I've seen bears, I've seen deer, I've seen lots of stuff, you know, obviously not an elk until recently. But, you know, I'm used to wildlife and this and that. And then I was just, I just was sitting, it was kind of funny, I was in Salt Lake the other day and I was about to pass out so I went and took a nap in a park and I was just kind of watching the people like interacting with the ducks at the pond like in the you know the cement pond in the middle of the park and I'm like that's the majority of the world that's their idea of wildlife that's what they uh that's what they view as wildlife uh and that's the only experience that they'll ever have with it and it kind of made me super sad <laughs> to be completely honest um so you know I, Aaron's, uh, yeah, Aaron is uh, Instagramming or, or videotaping or something, and uh, now I'm hearing myself talk. It's like when you get the, it's like the Matrix or something. Well, it's like you know when you get that feedback on the cell Mr. phone, Mr. Anderson. Like when you're talking, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you're right though, but that also is why, you know, the Republic of Boulder and um, you know the jokes like that is. You get to where you've humanized animals to such a high level that they know nothing else, right? They don't. Yeah. They don't realize. In the case of like the other day with Amy, she didn't realize that a male boar eats its young so it can breed again, right? They they don't realize things like that. They don't realize that when you take away um, certain hunting for predators, right, it hurts the ungulate population so bad. That even though they think they may be doing good, that the end repercussions of their protest for whatever the case may be, meaning banning grizzly bear hunting, that crushes the moose population. Now, in their mind, they you know in the end it'll all work out, right? You just let it le- let it be. But you know they're looking at it when there was no humans. There mm-hmm. is humans now, and so but when you're you know you humanize everything, and that's all you know. I mean that's how it is. I've talked about it before. It's the the video that just gets me every friggin' time is, uh, you know, that video that gets passed around about reintroducing the wolves to Yellowstone. It's like there's music playing, and they're like, oh, and look, <laughs> wolves restored the balance of nature and changed rivers and blah 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 blah. And it's it also irritates me because they keep referring to elk as deer, and I just want to. <laughs> it's always almost the same thing. Kind of <laughs> problem. <laughs> um, but it's just – it's one of those things where people don't realize, okay, yeah, you, especially if you reintroduce a non-native species of wolf that was not 
not native to that area and whatever possibly used to keep them in check, whether it was a land feature or some other animal, it's not present anymore. And now suddenly you got them spreading to Idaho and uh, all these other yeah, states. You don't, you don't release muskies in your trout pond. It just doesn't work <laughs> out. Never does. <laughs> but, you know, hey, it's uh, – it's nature, and I don't see any of these people giving up their houses and turning it into, turning it back into uh, wildlife habitat. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how they think nature is going to the balance of nature is going to be restored without people guiding it. Well, oh, yawning. Ooh, tired. Um, Man, I'm boring him this much already. Huh? No, I, I don't. I don't sleep very much. Um, if you look at like the reintroduction of wolves, the problem is is you have this initial. Of course, this is from my pea brain. This initial onslaught of, like right now, Colorado, reintroduction of wolves. Well, if there was actually a uh, a plan that was where everyone was held accountable and numbers were managed and there was no holding back when this, you know, this number of wolves would, you know, when, when we hit the cap that hunting would be implemented or trapping or you know, whatever, DOW agents were involved. You know what? A lot more people on the hunting side probably would buy off on that maybe more than, than, than they will now because they've seen when that reintroduction happens, there's no, um, there's no plan of when they get out of hand in the case. You know, I read some bullshit the other day that you could, it's actually proven that the reintroduction of wolves in Yellowstone was a good thing. I haven't seen that data, right? Like all I've seen is that the cow or the, the the elk and moose population is just depleted. Now, you know, I'm sure you can spin it either way towards hunting or to not, you know, away from hunting. But if they reintroduced wolves in Colorado, what's going to happen when the popu- you know, the, the the breeding pairs have reached that specific number that they wanted? How many years will it take after that to introduce hunting to wean that back down? Because once they're introduced, I mean, it's proven the antis usually went out and it takes forever before a hunting season is was is introduced. I mean, look at the black bear season in Colorado was taken away. We just had a kid get bit by a black bear. Um, too many black bears in Colorado. From what I've told, it's almost impossible to get spring bear back. So once things get going and that, you know, is coming, it's coming down the hill, and it's not going to come back up the hill once it starts going down. And that's what really scares me on a lot of this stuff. It's turning into Colorado. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it is. is. Yeah, and that's no shit. Yeah, and the drivers. Not to say Colorado drivers are the best, but you know how you can tell when someone runs a stoplight in Colorado? <laughs> They're the seventh one through. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, speaking of speaking of black bears, what's your what's your opinion, Frank, on frontal shots on bears? <laughs> it works out pretty well. <laughs> Send it, <laughs> especially when you're told not to. Apparently, uh, I don't think you got the full sentence out. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hear. I just heard a couple of words mumbled under under the sound of a of a train a train horn. I guess. Yeah. And uh, I was like, Landry, did you say something? <laughs> yeah, I said, wait for it to turn broadside. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. It worked out well, though. I mean, even it, even it was even an expandable broadhead, so. There you go. Frontal shots work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe not for everyone, though. No, I, that's a, another seriously debatable. Um, I mean, not to get into this too much, but if – 
you know, because there was a lot of, of heat and debate brought down on me because I, I said at one point in time some stuff about your first year shooting a traditional bow and, you know, shooting a compound and effective distances. But, all right, think about a few things here. First, if you took the rangefinder away, totally, gun and bow, how much shit would get missed then? Like the population, it's hard enough to tip one over with technology, let alone take it away, right? So let's say you take away a rangefinder. That would pretty much, that would solve a lot of, you know, that would, that would certainly in, increase the population rather than decrease it because the, the, to me, that was the game changer for technology was the rangefinder. The lighted knocks and lighted pins, none of that stuff to me really makes a difference. The rangefinder is what did it. All right, so the next thing, leave a rangefinder, but you have to have a proficiency test. And if you don't pass that proficiency test, recorvoir compound, you don't get to hunt. Now, I don't think that that's what should be done. I'm just saying hypothetically. All right, generically, we go out and we what's your maximum effective range right now? I'd say on an elk 50. Okay. B- well, let's just say any ungulate. Any ungulate. If I want to be super ethical, I'd say 30. Okay. So you say 30. So let's say the average of a poll that was taken was between 30 and 60. Okay. And keeping in mind that most people don't abide by their predetermined maximum effective range, especially if it's a 350-inch <laughs> bull. Yeah. So you take a steel target and you put a hole, you know, a one and done because you have to take in the hypothetical algorithm of shitting your pants, right, and the adrenaline. So instead of hitting the kill, right, you're just going to simplify that and make it a softball, okay? And you have to shoot your cold bore group in that softball, at your effective range, which for a compound, let's say, is 40 or, or a paper plate. And if you don't pass that test, you don't get to hunt. How many people would not be hunting right now? How many people grab their bow a week before yeah, season? Yeah, we see it every year. See at, it every year. At the archery range. Can't hit the bale, right? And this is traditional and compound. I have no idea why I'm bringing this up other than the fact that, you know, when you talk about um, the – like total like population numbers and controlling population and this huge argument back and forth of technology and everything else. I mean, it truly um, it gets re- re- extremely heated of who wounds more, right? Gun, bow, stick, bow, or whatever. And I mean, really, I, I mean, it's not like in most states, not all, that the um, harvest ratios are changing. Now, this is in Western states. I don't want to hear anything about Oklahoma and, because I don't, and I don't like crossbows. I'm just talking about normally. Technology hasn't really affected anything that I've seen in great depth. You know, has it changed 3% in 20 years? Maybe, but has the population increased by 30%? You know, it really doesn't matter breaking all that down. Anyway, I'll stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I think you have a lot of people, too, that <laughs> when you're shooting a rifle, you're, you're kind of – to some extent, you're like, this shit's easy. You know, I can hit it from a mile away. You get down to a bow. I feel like a lot of times you get a little more concerned with your effective range. You get down to a stick bow and, you know, I mean, there's once again, there's arguments both ways. But I feel like to some extent, you're going to focus a lot more on your effective range just because you know it's a a lot – Less of a uh, distance weapon, I guess. I don't even know how to phrase that correctly. But, but yeah, generally, I think you're a lot more focused on that effective range and um, and a lot less likely to take an unethical shot. But I guess that also just depends on the person behind it more than anything else. 
So, oh, I wouldn't argue that. Um, what uh, now? As far as big game animals, have you gotten close to killing one yet, or harvesting? Not even, <laughs> not even remotely close. Well, big game animals, no. Uh, I went on a hog hunt in Texas uh, two months ago, something like that, and um, that was a that was a tough trip for me. Um, lost my first animal. Uh, it was we had a we had a pig, and I watched the video from my GoPro later, and shot looked just about perfect, but the arrow had more guts than blood on it, mm. so I don't know if it if I caught a shoulder and it reflected back or, or what happened. Um, but it looked like a perfect broadside shot. And, uh, so, you know, we let it sit for a while and we went and searched, we brought dog out, we brought the dog out and everything. We spent good four hours searching. I mean, pretty much everywhere it could have gone, any which direction. And nothing, there was maybe three drops of blood, Hmm. like about 10 yards behind it. And, and that was it. Um, so we spent several hours searching, brought the dog out. The dog couldn't find a blessed thing. Um, and uh, that was, a, that was a, a tough evening for me. And then uh, the following evening – or no, not the following evening. It was the last evening I was there. I let one fly at a sow and hit her. It was great blood trail. We followed it for a mile and a half, two miles. I mean we were out for – that's some commitment right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was like stupid. We were on hands and knees going through some super shady shit. <laughs> like um and it was it was down to like one drop every it started out, you know, like big swaths of blood on rocks and whatever. And then it was down to like one drop every twenty five yards. And it was pitch black. We're out there with spotlights and we get to a point where we just can't find the next drop. Um so we marked it with an arrow and uh and and as we're as we're looking for that last drop, I turn around, and I've got uh, I got like my little backup headlamp on, and so it's kind of weak. And it, I just look in front of me, and it's all I see are just eyes glowing, probably about ten or twelve <laughs> sets of them. I just about shit my pants. Uh, I, I turn back funny. to my friend. I'm like, Jess, Jess, <laughs> I don't know if it's coyotes or what. But there's something, and. Uh, and it was on a it was on a ranch, and the owner of the owner of the property didn't tell us that they were uh, cattle. They had someone running dogs oh. on the property because it was yeah, it was definitely not cattle. It was not <laughs> anything, and they were intently looking at me. <laughs> and they started advancing, and I'm like, I just about crap my pants when they're coming. I have like one arrow left, and uh, these things are coming at. So finally, they get close enough. I see their dogs, and I'm like. Just about had a heart attack, and we hear a four by or like a side by side coming up uh, around the corner, and a guy's a couple of guys bust through the brush, and that was a that was a surprise for me. But thought I was going to get eaten by a very small coyote mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Why I have a good good vibes. This will be your year. I'm a, I'm hoping. I have I have a good feeling about this year. I've got a lot of. It's cool. One of the. I mean, I, we were talking about earlier, you know, why I started the podcast and, you know, I wanted to reach out to other people and, you know, it wasn't even supposed to be a hunting podcast. It was just generally to be like, this is how I do this stuff in the city and where I go and what I do. And, um, the generosity of a lot of the people in the hunting industry is what turned it into a hunting podcast, the accessibility and people always willing to talk and share with someone new. And to some extent it is a total, I've said it before, it is, this is a totally selfish pursuit. What other venue would I be able to, like, come out and be like, hey, guys, let's, like, sit down and let me ask you pointed questions for the next hour. And yeah. 
And it's I've de- because of this, I've developed some incredible relationships with some of the just most legit people, hunters out there that I know. And uh, I I am super grateful because so many people have reached out and they're like, they're like I don't care, man. You know, you got to come out and we're we're getting you something this year. You know, I've got I think I've got more people out there that are determined to get me something than I, than I am. Yeah. That's good. That's a good position to be in though. I'm not going to complain. I think I told you guys, you know, my odd ad hunt, you know, I've, I've legit at least had 12 people that want, that want to join me on that hunt and help me out. And they're like, we've got, we've got, we've got glass, we've got whatever you need, you know, da, 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 da. <laughs> we'll, we'll take you out. We got, we got spots, you know, we can help you with scouting beforehand. And, um, and it's it's been great, and uh, get, just getting to know people like some of my closest friends have been developed over this last I don't know year and a half that I've been doing this podcast, and um, you know I remember stuff like first meeting like you and Brian at uh, it was that Sitka Subalpine launch event that that Black Ovis was doing, mm-hmm. and I was such <laughs> a nerd. <laughs> You weren't that nerdy. Oh my gosh! I don't know. Maybe it was maybe it was all in my head. But I remember walking up. I was like, "Did he sign an autograph for you?" No, I didn't. I wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, I did get a picture with the two of them. I remember you were sucking nine titty trying to hike up that hill. Oh, I was dead. <laughs> I would, that was the worst thing. I remember I got to the top and and you and Brian look at me and you're like, "So California, how was that?" And I look, I'm like, "That was the worst thing I have ever done in my life." Oh yeah. Well, because I had flown in and I had a, I had like a sixty pound pack. Yeah. Because I'd flown in, I just packed everything in my pack. That sounds horrible. And I, I didn't want to pay for a hotel, so I just camped in Wasatch. <laughs> um, that was that was a fun trip. That was like I was just I was sitting I was sitting in the office, and everyone was posting. Like you and Brian kind of posted about it, and uh, Black Ovis had posted about it, and Corey had posted about it, and it's like, hey, we're doing this thing, and I was like, I want to get out for the weekend. Maybe I'll go camping or something. And I saw this, I'm like, oh well, maybe I'll go to Utah. Ha ha ha. And I looked at plane tickets. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to Utah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too bad. How much was it? Like 100 something for the ticket? Oh, not even. Because yeah. I'll fly like Allegiant into Provo or Ogden yeah. and just take the train up, and it's like 70 bucks. Yeah. So it's like stupid cheap. Yeah. And uh, so I flew in. I didn't want to pay for a hotel or anything. And I'm like, well, we're going to be going on a hike the next morning. I might as well just camp where we're going to start the hike. <laughs> and I, I hadn't actually, I don't think I'd te- uh, tried out the Sawtooth yet. So I took it up there and gave it a go. and. <laughs> woke up and it was completely covered in ice yeah um, it did get cold that night yeah yeah well and that's i that was the first time using that stove too and that was an experience um yeah that's something you don't want to do the first time <laughs> in the field <laughs> yeah <laughs> put I that bad boy together in the front yard people oh well, i'd put it together so that part was easy but uh figuring out how to not get my entire tent filled with smoke was uh was a whole nother endeavor uh <laughs> i i was just very what i've, I've since learned yeah <laughs> well also I, the the quality of the wood i was using was probably not the, oh yeah that'll do the best too. best choices but <laughs> yeah no that that hike uh <laughs> well it was also uh a lot more than we initially committed to i believe i can't remember it was supposed to be like a like i think a like a three mile round trip hike it ended up with like 500 feet elevation gain because i remember kendall was sitting there talking he's like you know this we want to start kind of this hike the hike to hunt thing and uh, we want to start it nice and easy and not scare people away, and then it it ended up being like five miles and fifteen hundred feet. And, That's funny. It oh, wasn't man. that bad. 
<laughs> I don't know. I will, I'll go back in my in my. Uh, no, I think it was there. actually. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's it's pretty steep in a couple spots. Oh, that's funny. Uh, All right, I got it. We're gonna have yeah, to cut this say. off. My phone will not stop going off. Um, we, uh, yeah, I did. How, how well? How long are you staying here for? Uh, well, I got to go into uh, no limits and uh, <laughs> have them look at my bow. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll, I'm around for at least till tomorrow. So yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll uh, link up with you. Well, I say that depends on how the day goes especially after the sale we had this weekend our in orders are insane but what well, we yeah get, link up with us or we'll call you after uh you're done over at no limits they open pretty soon anyway don't they i think they open at nine or ten yeah so you're good so not too bad um and then yeah if we can get out of here or whatever we'll go fling some arrows or something and um and link up or make for dinner sounds good See how the day goes well one thing i just always like to end with is you know somebody comes to you like i said directed at new hunters uh Somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm from the city. I, just, I didn't grow up in hunting or I, uh, I'm just – I'm new at this and I, it's – there, there's so much to learn, so much to do. Uh, but I really want to get into hunting. Uh, what advice would you guys give that person? Mm, for me, it would be just go. Don't let fear, don't let anything hold you back. Just get out there because at the very least you're going to experience something you haven't before. And once you get out there, you know, don't talk yourself off the mountain. Be relentless in – not that Donnie Vincent this, but be relentless in everything you do. Like don't, you know, hike in a mile, crap out, go back to the truck with excuses or whatever else. Like get in there and have a good time. If At the very least, it will be a hiking trip with a bow in your hand and your left arm will be stronger. Like uh, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> it will be as strong as your right hand. <laughs> be, exactly. You're evening things out. See, Frank's glass is always half full. Good Lord. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just get out there and and have fun. Don't let any don't let fear get in the way. Um, you know, and it it uh, it'll be a good experience no matter what, and everything else will fall into place after that. Frank, what kind of words of wisdom do you have? I don't know. I think for me, when I first got into backpack hunting or backpacking, I I did a ton of research online. But I think, like you're saying, getting into the field and having setting a goal for yourself and doing whatever you can to accomplish that goal. Like I really always wanted to kill a velvet mule deer so i did a ton of research i bought a bunch of books but i I don't think there's anything that can replace being out in wherever you're going to go scouting and do all the scouting trips and being out there in nature so for me i I mean i would be along the same lines set a goal get out there and spend as much time as you can out in the wilderness and test your gear and find out what works and what doesn't work yep I concur. And then make sure sure the left arm is as strong as the right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Realistic goals are important. I don't know how many people get a hold of us that don't want to kill a cow, they want a bull, or don't whatever. I mean, I understand that totally, but if you got your heart set for your first bull to be a 300-inch bull, unless you pay for it, it's going to take you a while to get there, probably. There might be a few uh, few moments of heartbreak. People get unrealistic expectations from watching hunting TV and stuff like that. I love Will Primos, but it ain't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like Aaron and I, we're like the least freaking trophy hunter or trophy-minded type of guys. We like to kill stuff. Yeah, we just send it. (laughs) Just send it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for hopping on the podcast. I appreciate you uh, letting me upgrade the the gear for – for an episode here <laughs> well we're sorry you're gonna have to edit so much out <laughs> i don't know i mean, as i was going through this i'm like i think this might just have to be the uh, have the explicit warning on it and uh 
So that's what I do. Go from there. Just put explicit there on go. it, capital letters. And then when you post it, just say, we had Frank and Aaron on here, so be prepared for that. <laughs> Mom, don't listen. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, guys, for hopping on. I appreciate it. Right, no, thanks, thanks for having us. All right, y'all. That'll do it for episode 72 of Living Country in the City. Make sure y'all head on over to livingcountryinthecity.com slash 72 to check out the show notes page and everything we talked about in today's episode. But in the meantime, keep it country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. 